It was like in a garbage can. I was like, this is mine now. <laughs> that is my catnip. If yeah. there is a weird thing in your garbage, oh, there is a 90% chance that I'm taking it from you. Yeah, same. Um, should guess, we just do an intro? Yeah, we should start the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Heaving Bosoms Ask a Badass, the episode where we highlight listeners to chat all about romance novels, their interests, and general badassery. I hope you listen on Monday, February 4th for the exciting conclusion of From Lukov with Love by Mariana Zapata. We swoon a ton over Ivan Lukov taking all the care of Jasmine, Aaron eats a tiny crow, I impart a gross life hack, and so much more. And now we've got the one and only Holly E. She's co-host of the Wildly Tarot podcast, general beacon of witchiness, lover of dogs and houseplants, owner of one of the sexiest Kathleen Turner-esque voices I've ever heard, and all-around goddamned inspiration. Here we go! Hey everybody, it's Natalie. I'm I'm here on the Escobedas podcast, and uh, today I'm with Holly. Yeah! Holly, you should not be a stranger to the HBs. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, audio-wise, well, I guess only if they're a patron, right? Oh, that's true. That's true. So Holly is one of the hosts of Wally Tarot Podcast. Indeed. She has been an HB for a very long time. Yeah, at least a year and a half. Did you have a podcast before you were an HB? Yep. It was called Something Different. And actually, okay. the first time that we got a shout out, it, we were a lady love of Aaron's. Oh. With our old name, which was Holistic Tarot Agency. It was three of us instead of two of us. I now think I'm just I listened with to Esther. it then. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We had some shifting because of like personal responsibilities. And now it's just you. the two of us and we changed the name. And we've been Wildly Tarot for a little over a year. But we mm-hmm. had like, we started the original podcast in May of 2018. And mm-hmm. then we switched over to Wildly Tarot. In December of 2018. So you guys kind of started right around the same time as Heaving Bosoms. Like yeah, that's, maybe. Maybe. That's because kind of, I think, right around. Uh, the it. only reason I got introduced to Heaving Bosoms was because Brie, who you've also interviewed, uh-huh. DM'd me on Instagram and was like, oh, hey, I listened to this romance podcast and I suggested your podcast in the Facebook group. Uh-huh. So I think we must have kind of, because she's like an original OG yeah. HB. Yeah. So I feel like it probably was sort of maybe around the same time. We might have been yeah. a little bit later. I think I got introduced to you through the cult. Not like yeah. introduced, like just saw your face <laughs> there. Not like, hi. Hey, Holly. Natalie, I'm this Natalie. is Holly. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not really what's going on there. That, uh, wouldn't it be funny if it was? <laughs> Everyone's Everybody, just like doing every new HP has to have an official introduction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excuse me. Hi. Hi. Nice See, to both meet of you. us have been reading too many England Times books because we're <laughs> like, well, we can't start talking until uh, one of our intro. social superiors mm. introduces us. <laughs> 
you must find someone that's been in the group for longer yeah. than six months and they're exactly. considered an elder. And <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so she, she told me that she's like, oh yeah, I'm in this romance group and I suggested, um, your podcast. And I was like, you're in a what now? Please tell me everything. I will start listening immediately. (laughs) I'm in a cult. And yes. Um, for anybody that, uh, I, I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't know what the cult is. We're referring to the geriatric friendship cult. Um, that is the closed Facebook group. For human yep. bisms. That uh, is worth being part of. Yeah. I think we, I think I kind of stand it pretty hard on this podcast and I don't want <laughs> you to feel like you have to join. I just feel like it's a great life choice. If it's you really join, fun. You know? Yeah. But is. if you're a bummer, don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have time for bummers. I mean, it's very true. <laughs> Should we talk about romance? Yeah. That's I think why we're here. I think so too. Okay. That's my favorite. Uh, great. When did you start reading romance? Um, I, it's really hard to say because every single time I come up with a date, I'm like, was that? Because the hard thing is that I am, a have always been like a really voracious reader. And so I think that my first romance novel was on a family vacation, like in a timeshare that had a bookshelf that included romance, Yes, which I think is like a pretty normal way. And I, my mom doesn't read romance, but I uh, filled her home with romance novels. That is for sure. (laughs) My first one, I've never been able to find it again. And I don't think that I even have enough of a memory of it to like write it about it on any of the forums where people try to come up with that stuff. All I remember is that there was finger banging on a horse and it was a Western times. Doesn't it seem a little problematic to you? I mean, it seems, first of all, probably really dirty. Yeah. And like pretty stinky, I would guess. You don't yeah. want your naked body rubbing against a horse. I mean, I'm okay. sure some people do, but. I almost <laughs> made a bareback joke. <laughs> it was right there. That was yeah, my fault. I was just waiting, but I couldn't really think of the right context. So I'll just, I'll just let it know it was there. Brewing yeah. the surface. Um, but yeah, like, and also like that's, you got to really trust your horse. And the, she was like, and I, I wish I could remember what it was because she was like, not a horse woman. Like she, it was her first time on a horse and she was having this experience, but it led to me being like, oh my God, there's sex in books. And then I think that next year, or even maybe like later in that same school year, I made friends with this girl who like, she traveled a lot. She, I went to a school that was like half boarding school, half day school. I was a day student, Mm -hmm. but she grew up in Saudi Arabia to like in an American compound, but she flew all over the world a lot on her own because her family lived in Saudi Arabia and she like, but her extended family lived in Oregon. So she was always flying back and forth and airports are like the best place for a teenage girl to pick up a romance novel Correct, because nobody's watching what you're doing at all. No. (laughs) And they don't really care. Yeah, they don't care. It's not anyone's job to be, yeah. like, making sure you're only consuming, like, age-appropriate <laughs> material. Yeah. So she had all of these, like, medieval times books. And I was like, I like this way more than Western times. Yeah. And so she was my one of my best friends in high school. And then we also went to the same college, which was mm. a really small college. And she, um, so we, like, stayed living really close to each other That's that awesome. whole time. And we used to go to grocery stores and, like, buy... Like, either each buy a book or buy a set of novellas and literally tear the books into pieces so we could, like, share them amongst ourselves. That's awesome. It was really fun. And so we had, like, a little two-woman book club. And then I kept all of those paperbacks. And then when I moved back home after college 
And then subsequently a year later moved to Florida to be with my now husband. Uh-huh. Um, my mom like let my sister's best friend go through my giant Tupperware containers of romance novels and take whatever she wanted and then donated everything else. <laughs> like a jerk. I fucking rude. I've forgiven mom. her barely, but yeah. I have no, because that was my only record keeping mechanism. Yeah. I have no idea what I read for basically like all of high school and college because it was all just paperbacks in a giant Rubbermaid container in my closet. Yeah. Um, I used to never like take these books into my possession. You know what I mean? Where I would be like, I would read them, but then I would have to bring them back. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. I wasn't tainted at the time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I enjoyed so the, that well, no so, one knew. Right. Yeah. So, but I also, I have never been, I've never had like in-person friends that have read romance. Yeah. You know really what I mean? Nice. It, totally. Yeah. I can only imagine. Cause I have now internet friends that read romance, but like it's always been, and I live in a very rural area right now, but so I think that's a little bit of it. Cause people don't talk about sex and it's not a very, you know, yeah, you know, uh, okay thing to to be open about or whatever so it's like it's weird to have like that's such a crazy awesome thing to have this yeah. great personal relationship with somebody about based a lot on romance well and we used to when whenever we would do like i think that novellas usually come in like what three or four novellas per book when sure. they're like in paperback form we would talk other people into reading them with us and actually bringing this back even further with this specific friend. We both played water polo in high school. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And she used to bring novels on long bus rides because we also like kind of lived in a little bit of a rural area. So for yeah. water polo matches, we'd have to like drive forever. Yeah. And so pe- she'd like read them aloud and everyone would laugh and giggle. And I was the entire time being like, they can laugh all they want because I know how great these actually yeah. are. Like <laughs> you can't just, I mean, the sex part is fantastic, obviously, but don't you want to see the happily ever after? After? Like yeah, people aren't taking this seriously enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember um, who it was, but they talked about a book that they were like recommending that I read and they were like, and I was like, okay, well what happens at the end? And they're like, well, I can't, I can't tell you cause that would ruin it. <laughs> I was like, okay, but like, is it, is it going to end well? Yeah. Because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time on any of this not happily ever after baloney. <laughs> I still feel that way. Sometimes I'll like start, like I read um, the night circus because everyone was like, Oh, you're a tarot reader. Yeah. You're going to love this. Like you have a tarot podcast. You should talk about this book on the podcast. So I read the night circus and it's beautiful. Do not get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But the whole time I was like, there's no guarantee that this is going to have a happy ending. Yeah. And I don't know if I can really commit to 400 more pages. If there's like not a, sure thing. <laughs> yes, I understand. Uh, I'm reading Mariana Zapata books and they're like 500 plus pages and <laughs> I know it will end well. So therefore that's, that's why I true. read them. But so you feel like you can commit to it. Like yeah. I don't mind a slow burn. I just want them to be in love at the end. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I thought a book was a romance and I read 500 pages I, and then seriously. it did it, I don't, I would, I don't know what I would do. You I would might burn leave a the book. review on Amazon. I'm not sure. Wow. That's like the <laughs> ultimate diss too, because if I don't like something, I'm not saying anything about it yeah. on any review. If I'm giving one star, That's it's like, I really I want am. you to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was fucking bullshit. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And here's why. And uh-huh. it's not going to be one of those bullshit one star reviews where people are like, the hero said fuck too many times for a yeah, historical. There was sex in here. 
Yeah, Come exactly. <laughs> Those are the one-star reviews I look for if somebody's like, it was too raunchy. I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm perfect. Like, okay, I'm going to love so this. on my to-read list <laughs> is this book currently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I think that I finally found a way to track my reading that I'm happy with because somebody posted the Smart Bitches Trashy Books um, spreadsheet oh. that already had like established like data sets and stuff. And so I think I'm going to use that because I like to see beautiful data laid out. Oh, like it had the formulas all. Yeah, but I'm not great at, I'm not that good at Excel. So uh, how did you find Heaving Bosoms? Through Brie, mostly. Mm -hmm. I mean, entirely. I really don't know how I would have found it otherwise because I didn't even, it never even occurred to me that people would be talking about romance novels on a podcast. Yeah, and I think it kind of had this weird renaissance you know what I mean like now there's quite a few you know what I'm saying like there is I was looking I I think it was on Instagram and I was like there are more of these books how are they (laughs) podcasts how are they different like what else what else are we doing you know what I mean I mean yeah I I think that that's the beauty of Melody and Aaron though is that they have such like specific Mm-hmm. voices that yeah. there can be 15 different things almost exactly like it. And I would yeah. still want to listen to them talk about it over Absolutely. anyone else. And I know that other people <laughs> feel that way about other podcasts. Other, you know oh I yeah, mean? totally. You know what I mean? Like I know that. Yeah. Keeping business Absolutely. is obviously superior, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're on their feed. So we get to say that unabashedly. <laughs> exactly. That's the real reason this podcast. podcast yeah. Exists. Just to move people to fangirl. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's too late. Um, <laughs> everybody, but like, obviously your family and everybody like is big knows that you read romance and like, oh, yeah. everyone is like, it's not a big. No. It's like, I guess it, it actually is helpful even because I get to talk about how like everyone's rant about why romance is valuable is something that I get to have with people a lot because I, well, I don't really hide anything from like even my extended family. Yeah. Like they know that I read tarot. They know about the tarot podcast. They mm-hmm. know I read romance. Like I was at a family wedding in July and they were like, Oh, Holly, how many books have you read so far this year? Because I read a lot. Yeah. And when I told them, one of my aunts was like, oh, yeah, but you're reading mostly romance. And I was like, are there still 350 to 450 page books? Like still words I have to put into my brain. Yeah. Like what makes you feel like that doesn't count as real reading? And she's like, well, that's not what I meant. And I'm like, okay, well, I think you should think about why you feel like it it isn't real reading. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's what you said in a room full of people. So I'm pretty sure that's what you You felt confident when it came out of your mouth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then another, then one of my cousins was like, do you have any recommendations for me? And because I love romance, I'm like, yes, I will give you a list. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Do you want historical? Do you want queer? Like, what can I give to you that will yeah. make you the happiest? I can find something for you. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite preferred genre? Is it? Is for it, sure. Historical. Yeah. I just love it. I love historical so much, but I really like specifically love historicals that have what some one star reviewers on Amazon <laughs> would say like anachronistic heroines. Like oh, I okay. want a heroine who's like, like has a job or is a suffragette or is like kicking ass or is trying to like manage her father's estate. Like I don't, I'm not that interested in like simpering virgin heroines. I want like, like 25 year olds who people are 
disregarding and who are total badasses. Yeah. Which is why I love Sarah McLean so much. I'm reading um, A Week to Be Wicked right now. Oh, yeah, exactly. She, uh, which led to my conversation that I had yesterday about whether spectacles back in Regency times could be sexy. Could be sexy. The answer, we, I think that Clippy got to us to know, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think we said could be charming. Yeah. <laughs> but we were firmly in the non-sexy category. Which well, and the I Nez Pierces or whatever are just yes. like, they're too small. There's just no way for that to be sexy. I mean, a like, monocle. I could, yeah, I could maybe see like a, that yeah. maybe, but that also seems the least, u- oh, sorry, for the listener out there. <laughs> I was pretending to hold a monocle up to my eye. Yes, but with a stick. With a, yeah, and and maybe like a, a scance glance, to, you know, because I was being sexy with my, yeah. with my, yeah, yeah, with yeah. my monocle. Sexy monocles. Maybe sexy. that should be like the next thing that we market. It's my new Twitter avatar. <laughs> or Twitter, Twitter uh, whatever it is called. Purveyor of sexy monocles <laughs> is your new Twitter bio. <laughs> I'm going to run a kiss kind. I'm going to run a DIY sexy monocle craft. <laughs> You're like, first, take your glasses that you spent hundreds of dollars and break them in half. Yeah. We need those lenses, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is pipe cleaners. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> People are like, wow, I thought I was going to have more fun at KissCon, but I ended up breaking almost my most prized possession. <laughs> my really was, most necessary possession. Actually. Yeah, it was almost impossible to get home, but it was fun. <laughs> we had a great time while it lasted. Exactly. Uh, I ate a lot of high chews and had a lot of laughs, but I have to get new glasses now. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Um, hey, we aren't talking about you at all. I oh. just realized. <laughs> I'm making you talk about you. I was just going to make you unveil how you stored books, but then I remembered that you didn't store books. You'd always take I them back. I don't. St- well, and I don't uh, buy paper goods as much anymore. Ah. I firmly am in the digital category. Yeah. Uh, specifically because I have a hard time with clutter, as in I have so much of it. Yeah. And you don't have space for more clutter. Well, I, <laughs> and my body says yes, but my brain <laughs> says no, or my heart says yes, I guess is what I should say, because my yeah. heart is the one who loves a tchotchke oh, and I love a, tchotchke. a well-made paperback or hardcover, which I'm going to go grab it right now to show you the hardcover that Joe got for Christmas. I'll be right back. Oh, fun. <laughs> that was fast. It was just right here. I could see it. Are you ready for it? I'm going to yeah. unveil it into the screen. What the hell is that? Okay. Holly, if you were going to describe this picture. Okay. Uh, it is a ventriloquist dummy with very, oh my God, is it a book of ventriloquist dummies? Who bought this for you? It's oh Mr. T. <laughs> So historical ventriloquist dummies. Oh my God. That is the creepiest one I've ever seen. Wow. This puts almost any creepy thing you could ever show me to shame. (laughs) Joe's going to cut out. So um, Joe, my husband, Joe got a book of vintage ventriloquist dummies (laughs) in a white elephant gift exchange. It came, (laughs) it came to us. 
Oh my god, that is that is the creepiest little girl in the whole world. Her name is Daddy Do. They all have names too. Oh no. I haven't seen all of them, guys. <laughs> They're very oh my god. Is that Michael J? Ja- oh my god, what is with the tea? <laughs> guys, this one has two teeth. Oh, it's a fold-out. It's a pinup. Oh, um, for fuck's sake. You are you gonna put that in a child's bedroom? Well, here's Please what we're frame it. Do. Here's what and we're put it do. everywhere. Joe is um going to cut out the individual pictures and we're gonna make little like arrangements of the pictures together and we're going to frame them. Like flat Stanley's. Oh yeah. Yeah. Framed on a wall. You'll do a whole gallery wall of the creepiest gallery wall of all time. I love it. Um, Yes. Uh, But I want to talk about your podcast because you guys are kind of in a unique situation. You and Esther, right? Uh Because yeah, I mean, you're kind of in an Aaron and Mel situation, but the time difference is like extremely dramatic. Our time difference is right now. 17 hours Mm -hmm. (laughs) girl it's pretty bananas so esther lives in korea and i'm obviously in california so esther is almost a full day ahead so usually not really that's an exaggeration but 17 hours right Mm -hmm. 17 hours 16 or 17 hours it means that we usually record on wednesday mornings my time and it is 5 a.m my time and 10 p.m her time on wednesday so she's living in the future She's living in the future. And I often ask her because then like when I get home from work, she's waking up for the next day and I'll be like, Hey, how's Thursday going? Please tell me it's better than today was. (laughs) Does that joke get old? Not to me. And she hasn't complained yet. So Esther, now it's your chance. If you hate it, let me know. Send an email to ask a badass pod. Yeah, exactly. The only way I'll accept that criticism, Esther, is via emailing Natalie about it or commenting on the open thread about this episode. (laughs) Please, let's just air some shit. Yeah, exactly. It's time for airing of grievances. Do you hate that joke? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's funny and strange because it does mean that we're only awake together for like six hours a day and Mm -hmm. we functionally run a business together. So there's a lot of us just really having to trust each other. And then like, like before we make any decisions, we have to really consider how anyone could have any objections to it because we're basically making the decision alone. So we have to know each other's thought processes better than I think other people would because she, if something's happening in the middle of the day for me, I know that she's not going to be up for several hours, but sometimes Mm -hmm. decisions have to be made. (laughs) Yeah. And you like have to send a text. that's like, Hey, so I did this thing. Yeah. Or even something as simple as like Patreon's being super weird for this one Patreon supporter. So I, you know, did X, Y, and Z to resolve it. When you wake up, know that X, Y, and Z has been done and we're just waiting to hear back from Patreon or whatever. So it's interesting to have this kind of long distance friendship and partnership because it's exercising some communication muscles that I haven't had to exercise really ever because when else would you? Well, and you're doing a lot of those background things, some of the really important things about a business yeah, right? uh, over text, email, you know, things like that, where you have to make sure that you're being clear, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and, yeah. you know, that's, that's tricky because it's hard or next, I shouldn't say it. Well, it's hard to get your point across clearly. In with, any text with anybody. Yeah. And we like, we've only met in person once. What? I feel like you I've known like her forever, friends. but you weren't like yeah. friends for like in real life. No, we met via, this is like to give any HBs who want to start a podcast with a fellow HB hope. We met through a podcast fan page on Facebook. 
And for a podcast called Wine and Crime, which is a true crime podcast, it's really funny. And we met through that. And she was, like, not into tarot at all. Whoa. Um, but I, she bought a tarot reading from me just, like, as a random person that I'd interacted with only a couple times. Like, I didn't know her. Yeah. She bought a reading from me. And then, the, like, one thing led to another and we were talking all the time. And then when there was still the three of us, we just, like one day had this idea where somebody said something and I was like, what if we did like a advice podcast, but we only answered people's questions via tarot. And then we started it because there wasn't really one that existed. And I think that that's kind of like a key to Mm -hmm. podcasting is you really need to have an idea of who you want your audience to be Yeah, because there are so many podcasts. So if your idea, like our idea was we want people who don't take tarot that seriously who are willing to like laugh about it who like you know are a little bit more lighthearted and then since a huge component is advice giving we wanted people who like who were sort of understanding that it's all sort of a learning process because Esther is I mean she's a a phenomenal reader but she's Mm -hmm. only been reading for like less than two years yeah and so and also everyone can constantly be learning so there are certain moments where you'll be like You'll pull a card and you'll be like, fuck, what is this? Like, you just won't be able to recognize it right away, even as somebody who's been reading for years. So you want to make sure that you, your audience sees you as, like, a learner and somebody who's, like, casual about it. Like, we're not framing ourselves as experts because we're not. Yeah. And I think that that makes it a lot easier. But that was all intentional from the very beginning. And I think that that has allowed us to be able to, like, understand the decision-making process of each other a little bit easier because we kind of like have a very clear view of what we're trying to do. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I think when you, when you, when you present yourself as an expert in something. Yeah. You know what I mean? The only thing that can happen is that people will be like, you're not so smart and be total jerks about it. But if you're like, Hey, I really love this thing. And I want to share my love for this thing with you guys. Yeah. That I think is what comes through on wildly tarot for sure. At least for me. Thank you. And, um, and, and I think like, that's what I think makes Aaron and Mel great. And yeah. you know, you're sharing your love of something with other people and that exactly. Friendship and I really feel like that's the only way to do it because it really, I think that people don't fully understand how much work all of the podcasting stuff is behind the scenes. Like it seems like, Oh, you just record something and put it up. But there's Mm. so many hours that go into stuff and you have to really enjoy what you're doing or else it just is not worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like we all have full-time jobs. We all have other stuff going on. So if it wasn't something that I wanted to be doing, then I would have stopped doing it a really long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. Is tarot your favorite witchy thing that you do or is there other witchy stuff that you do that you like? Uh, Tarot's the witchy thing that I do that has brought the most into my life. Yeah. I like, so the whole kitchen witchery stuff mm-hmm. is an area that I really love. So the thing that I probably like participate in the most is trying to bring a lot of like hominess into my household. And part of that is by feeding people and by yeah. doing things like, you know, we, you and I have in common our love of sourdough starters yeah. and like mm-hmm. making bread and baking and all of that is like witchy in some regard, especially if you're bringing with it the intention of like, I'm doing this to express love. I'm doing this to yeah. express community. I'm doing yeah. this to bring people together. Like all of that would to me, be sort of like a witchy way to handle that. Yeah. But the tarot is something where, like, because of tarot, I've started relationships with all of these really interesting people. Mm -hmm. And now I have this podcast and I have this Instagram. And, like, the tarot stuff has brought a lot into my life, whereas the kitchen witchy stuff is stuff that my mom does. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of, like, part of my family. So it doesn't feel quite as, like, 
like I've made a decision to be witchy in this way because it's so intrinsic. Yeah. You're inherently witchy in that way. Yeah. And I think that it's, there's sort of like a, a, there's a lot of, you know, not, I don't want to say scholarship because I think that a lot of it is just people's opinions, but there's a lot of like new age movement things about like how the idea that everyone has a witch inside of them and mm-hmm. it's the part of them that like, doesn't want to conform to structure and wants to live their own life and live on their own terms. And all of that is stuff that I really relate to and feel like that's the sort of like part of you that romance sometimes brings out too. like Mm -hmm. feeling like a big fan of something that's a little bit subversive and women focused a lot of the times and looked down upon by the patriarchy is something that romance lovers and witches have in common. (laughs) more weight <laughs> yeah exactly exactly like that like we were showing these those shirts and those pins to each yeah. other the other night yeah. where it's like all the things that people said about the Salem witches it's yeah. like stuff that people have just been saying about women who don't want to hear your shit for yeah. hundreds of years yeah <laughs> sorry I don't agree with those points you have to be hung Thank yeah you. exactly there's no other option but throw yeah. you into the ocean yeah <laughs> Start her on fire. Yeah, exactly. We'll see how she really feels. Yeah. (laughs) So I do feel like there's a lot of overlap. And also, like you've seen in the community, when Jenny put out her deck, there was a lot of interest. People have sort of like this internal witchiness that really seems to be well fostered in the romance community. And it's really cool to kind of see happen. Do you want to do a lightning round? Sure. All right. I already answered the carb thing. All right. Carbs, bread, (laughs) sourdough breads, sourdough breads. Are you an Aaron or a Melanie? Can I use this astrological sign terms? I think that I am yeah, a, I'm an Aaron with Melody rising. Okay. <laughs> Great. Do you have a favorite author? I feel like we talked a lot about Regencies, but. I think have- Tessa Dare has to be my all time mm-hmm. favorite. I've mm-hmm. read every single thing she's written. I suggest her constantly. Mm-hmm. I like her mix of humor and like yeah. seriousness. I just think she strikes that balance really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's probably my absolute number one. If yeah. I ever met her, I'd cry, but um, I also love Sarah McLean so, so much. Yeah. I and like- I just started my mission for the year to finish all of Courtney Milan's books. Cause I've read a lot of her stuff, but mm-hmm. I want to like support her. So I went to make yeah. sure I had her whole entire back yeah. catalog. And so I've been reading a lot of her lately and she's equally as good at mixing the comedy elements. Mm-hmm. So those are probably my top three. Um, yes. I, all three of those human beings too. Yeah. Are, are great human beings. Yeah. They're, <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. You know what I mean? Like all three of them are like role models in every aspect of the way from their totally. careers to what, they do with their platforms to yeah how they interact with people it's just really awesome yeah absolutely they nail Uh, it yes if only (laughs) if only i could be that kind of person where they're like you know what i follow natalie on twitter and she is just (laughs) getting it you can do that i believe in you i'm never gonna have my shit together holly maybe not on twitter we'll find a different platform for you Still life pictures, maybe. Yeah, that's going to exactly. be the one. Instagram. That's Instagram. If you were going to bing boom bong something, what would it be? I mean, got to be tarot, right? It's, I mean, sure. Probably tarot or houseplants. If somebody even brings up houseplants in my presence, I'm like, all right, you got to get a ZZ plant. You got to get a mother-in-law's tongue. You got to get a pothos. That's where you start. Then it's like, 
I will just go on and on about houseplants. My uh, husband is a plant daddy. And oh, really? He, um, so he, but he like rescues plants at like Aldi's or like the plants yeah. like at the Home Depot that are like just abandoned. Yeah, exactly. Or when someone like leaves a job and just throws their plant in the garbage and you're like, that's mine now. Literally, my sister took a ponytail palm on a train <laughs> because she was like, or no, maybe I took, no, I brought it home because she was like, I'm, it's going to die. <laughs> You're like, no, it isn't. Yeah. So um, maybe the, like the short version of the bing, boom, bong, cause it's supposed to be something concise, right? My bing, boom, sure. bong would be anybody can keep plants alive. <laughs> yeah. With Holly. Yeah. Um, absolutely. With qu- Holly or Joe. Can you quickly <laughs> tell me what your favorite house plant is? Oh, that's a really good question. Okay, if you were going to recommend I- a house plant to somebody. Oh, if I were going to recommend a houseplant to somebody, I would definitely recommend a really big snake plant because they uh are striking. Mm -hmm. You can get them for fairly affordable prices in like big sizes. They're super easy to keep alive. They're Mm -hmm. fine in low light. They're fine in sun. They're basically unkillable as long as you don't water them too much. And I don't think your cats can eat them, which is a problem that I have with houseplants. That's a good point. I don't have cats, so I don't even know. Yeah. But it's just a really solid one. And they also are visually stunning Mm -hmm. because you can get them in really big sizes. And they grow surprisingly fast for something that is like, like doesn't have a lot of needs. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's probably the best one to start with. Great. What is your favorite trope? Uh, There's only one bed. Oh, mm -hmm. you're the first person, I think. Nope. Second person that has not said enemies to lovers. I don't really like enemies to lovers that much. Oh, that's a controversial opinion. I know, but I think that, so I'm realizing as I've been like hitting these incredibly high book count numbers every year, Mm -hmm. I've realized that the only thing, like what I want in a romance is like Rebecca Witherspoon does this really, really well. If we want to bring a non-historical in. Yeah. She, her characters are always telling each other how they feel. Mm-hmm. And the conflict is external to the couple. Yeah. And I think that that's what I really appreciate in a romance novel. I don't want to see people like just refusing to tell each other how they feel for 400 pages. Yeah. And I feel like enemies to lovers tends to start that way. I want people to be like perfect strangers or friends to lovers even, but I love, uh, there's only one bed. It's yeah. the best. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I do love that. That might be up there in my favorite tropes too. I think. Um, okay. Holly, if you were going to dispense one condiment from your belly button, what would it be? This question makes me laugh so hard because I feel like people are split between what would be the most useful or what they'd like the most. <laughs> So the most useful would be like pure white vinegar, duh, because you can use that to clean. You can use yeah. it on salads. Yeah. Yeah. But you could I pickle, think what I could pickle literally anything. Yeah. You could pickle anything. So that's the most useful, but I still think that I'd choose like really, really spicy English mustard because that's what I would like to have on me at all times the most. And that's a rare, that's a thing that you can't find everywhere. Exactly. You know so mean? it'd be so helpful. If you're at an airport, there's no guarantee. Exactly. Spicy English mustard. But if it's dispensed out of my belly button, I'm safe. Yeah. (laughs) The people around me aren't because they'd be horrified, but (laughs) I feel safe. It's a war crime. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're like, ma'am, do you have a weapon on you? And I'm like, what? Are you talking about my spicy mustard dispensing belly button? We we were just watching a nature show, as my kids call them. Uh, I don't remember which one. It had David Attenborough as the Uh, nature area. So it could have been anything. But there was a um, 
some sort of caterpillar or centipede of some kind that was very slow. And so, but it was a carnivore and it was like, and the, and the part was how can it ever catch anything? Because it's so slow. Yeah. But don't worry. It shoots venom sometimes (laughs) up to a dozen feet. Oh my God. Okay. So yeah. High velocity, spicy English mustard. (laughs) There you go. It's perfect. Immobilizing. It's immobilizing. (laughs) You will never get mugged. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The safest I've ever been. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Well, that's all my questions. Is that it? We did it. it. Yay. We did it. So, Holly, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for having me. And uh, keeping a badass. And love yourself as much as you love heaving bosoms. Yeah! Yay! We can do that! <laughs> hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas. Okay, back to the show.